Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, Redheads, to the final episode of the Redheads Book Club for the year 2020, the year in which the Redheads Book Club was was born. born. Hey, the Snatcher. Hey, Dana. Hey, Bex. How's everyone doing? Hey, 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 hey. We have so much energy for this episode for a number of reasons. One, final episode of the year, year in review, it's going there. Two, we read a great book. Three, this episode has been delayed, so I feel like we're all sort of overcompensating for the delay. Honestly, when is it not delayed? Never. never. Oh, it's never this been is delayed. The first one. No, 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 but like personal Our, oh, scheduling delayed, allows yeah. things to be delayed, but we never delayed in release. Right. Because we're organized AF. Right. This is the first time we're delayed in release, but I do feel strongly that it was necessary so that we could all record together in person Absolutely. for the final episode of the year. And like this has just been such a big year for the Redheads. We were born. We were born. <laughs> we were born this year. It's crazy. What a year it's been, ladies. It's Truly. been a crazy year. And I feel like everyone would just call this the year of the Redheads. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Sure. I've been hearing it. It's the redheads this, redheads that. I can't go anywhere without talk- being spoken about in it's terms of redheads. zodiac happen. animal. What? It's its own zodiac? It's, it's not the year of the monkey. It's not the year of the rat. It's the year of the redheads. I totally agree. So I'm so excited for this month's episode. So excited to be here with everyone. I feel like everyone has gone through a lot of change in the last month. And you. No, but I wasn't <laughs> like she moved, I moved once. I wasn't even going to say me because I feel like everyone has heard about my move, my new phone and my new dog and my handle change. I was going to talk about our rising star, the New York Bex. Oh, yes. Wow. That is a big fucking change. Wow, I wasn't expecting to discuss, but here we are discussing. <laughs> yeah, Let's no, get into it. <laughs> I mean, so you're basically on the cover of the New York Times this <laughs> month we? being a centerfold. For work from home style. Absolutely. Can you please tell us like all about it? One million percent. Um, a coworker of mine who I work with tangentially, we are not so involved in each other's day to day, but we know of each other. She reached out to me and she said, I think of you as a fashionista, <laughs> which was an honor and a privilege. Thank you, Claire. And she said that she knows someone who writes for the New York Times who's doing a piece about work from home wardrobe, how it's evolved during quarantine, what we expect for the future, buying patterns, et cetera, et cetera. And she was like, can I connect you guys? And I was like, of course. Wow. Hello. And later that day, we had a video conference because I was firm in my belief that if I won this person over via video, like I would be in the New York Times. Yeah. If we just did a phone call, you know, like I'm not sure I would have been able to accomplish what I accomplished. I yeah. actually agree with that. So like that was like my first takeaway was like everyone when you're trying to make something happen, do it over video in this day and age. Or in person if you can. But in general I think that's a really good face to face. Face to face like alternative yeah. for the moment. Yeah. Exactly. I mean face to face is like a dream come true, but like we live in a world where that that's no longer a reality. That's yeah. true. I'm all about um, fotch to fotch. No more fotch to fotch. <laughs> anyway, I talked to this rep- this journalist. She was a f- unbelievable. We just like riffed for an hour and like had a very interesting, fluid conversation about wardrobe, how it's evolved, buying patterns, etc. 
And I basically let her know that I spent all my money on cashmere, flowers, and sneakers. I feel like flowers was a little less relevant for the piece, but... <laughs> no, I, but I it added some flavor. Yeah. Totally. I like, I, that's a nice cultivated vibe. And lo and behold, there was an article. And at the end of our conversation, she goes, so would you be down for a photo shoot? And I was like... Um, what are you even saying? But abso-fucking-lutely. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm down for a photo shoot. Make it happen for me. And that's exactly what happened. I got reached out by a photographer. We did a shoot. It was two hours. And Worth my it. life will never be the same. That's, that's so crazy. I, I, like, did not... Did you know that this was happening? I did. And then... You, it's one thing to hear, like, that you did, like, a Zoom thing. And then, like, to see your a centerfold. Yes. In the New York Times. My team was so shook. They were like, why wouldn't you give us some warning that this was going down? And I was like... There's no have, way to warn someone no, for that. No, we had warning. And I was still wholly unprepared for what I was about to see and e- read. Uh, totally. Me too. I didn't know that the article was coming out until the, the night before. I was told that it was coming out in digital the next day and then in print the day after on Wednesday. And like that was enough to blow my mind that I was like, there's a print situation happening. Like that is iconic. Yeah, that's iconic. So it was just wild. And I still was unprepared when I when I saw the article. I was like, what? I thought it, I thought it was going to be like a blurb on the side of the back of the page of the back. <laughs> of it was the, the most commented article in the business section. Wow. And it was one of the top 10 most accessed articles for the New York Times. Oh, and And it was in the business section. That's so exciting. Thank you guys for your support. I really mean it. You're just like rising the star of the redheads and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Truly got us some more followers. I don't think I would have been here without the redheads. Truly. Oh my God. Stop, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dana, you two have had a big month because if it were any other year, you would have been a married queen. Oh, I was like, nothing happened to me. (laughs) No, literally nothing. The biggest thing that's supposed to happen, but it didn't. How are you feeling? I'm okay. Um, We almost eloped and then we didn't. And we're just doing it next November 13th, 2021. Get your ass to Edgewood Country Club. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Riverdale, New Jersey. We we have to block that out. She literally keeps doing that. She's like, password is. Make sure you tell the valet. It's the Holtzberg affair. You're right. I mean, the fact that I even forgot that that was supposed to happen, I guess, is good news that it, I'm not. Sorry to bring it up. No, no, no. It's <laughs> it's good. It means that I'm not like belaboring the process and it's time to just focus on 2021 vaccine season. Yeah. Yes. Love to hear it. And the snitch, the snatcher. How are you doing? The snatch is back. Sna- yeah, snatch has been back for quite some time. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I like talk to you so often that I don't have a concept of time, like of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, nothing's happened in the past month, like at all. Got it. And Knowles is? Happy. Happy Knowles. Happy Knowles. We love a happy sassy Knowles. Knowles. We don't love a sassy Knowles, but we do love a happy Knowles. Okay, without further ado, I think we need to get right into this episode because there is so much to discuss. This month's book was The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab, A Dana's Choice. And in true Dana's Choice fashion, it was an objectively good book. It truly was. It really was. was. Quick summary of the book. This book dabbles in... I think it's categorized as like sci-fi, but also I would also give it a little historical fiction flair. For sure. Because it is about a girl born in the 1600s in France. Her name is Adeline LaRue, and she grows up in a very small town in, you know, pre-industrial era France and she's kind of bummed out about the way that she knows her life is going to go she doesn't want to get married to someone that she doesn't love she wants to see more of the world and she's not going to settle there's a older woman who lives in her town who has you know sort of inspired her to pray to old gods and and you know want more freedom for a woman's life and so she has these ideas about what she wants for her life 
and she's not going to settle for anything less than that. When she's 23, her parents um, intend to marry her off to a man in the town who is a widow. And instead of getting married, she runs off into the woods and starts to pray as day turns into night. She prays to the gods that she can have her own life and freedom and just be able to live. And as it turns to night, she's praying to the gods that come out in the dark, which is not the gods that she's supposed to be praying to, according to her old lady friend, Estelle. Meanwhile, the gods come down and they answer her prayers. And given the way that it was worded, she got a really fucking shitty deal. Mm -hmm. Basically, the deal she got is that she her life is completely her own. She will live. She will, will not die. She will not, you know, suffer from all of her wounds forever and also no one will remember meeting her she will be forgotten because she's so free she's not attached to any of the encounters that she has so she then lives from 1600s to the book ends in like 2015 and she's living life every day starting over it's very kind of a sad story but in 2014 she meets a man named Henry who for some reason remembers her the next time he sees her and she is like so shook by this and they are able to have a really nice relationship she eventually tells him why no one remembers her but he does and she tells him about the deal that she made and crazily enough Henry made a deal too with the same god slash devil that Addie made her deal with we find out that Henry's deal is that he will have it be loved and have this like, you know, happiness from everyone, but only for one year since the time that he made that deal. So the t- the clock is ticking down as Addie is trying to buy more time for Henry. And in the end, she does by giving herself to Luke, the devil, completely because Luke says he's in love with her and leaving Henry to go about the rest of his life. Meanwhile, Henry had been writing down Addie's story wherein writing a book called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue so that she could finally be remembered. That was like the longest summary I've ever done. It was a long book. It was a long thing. It was the longest book I think I've ever It was very read. long. It warranted it a like long summary. It wasn't ending. I hazed myself to finish that Me book. Me too. And I just hazed myself to get to a point where I didn't want to turn back. Like for so long I was reading this book and if someone had like stolen my Kindle and I never got to finish it, I really wouldn't have cared until I got to like 70%. And I feel like usually I have that feeling of I don't really care what happens until like 2030. It took a really long time mm-hmm. to like get that payoff. That's so interesting because I actually feel the opposite. Once I got to 70%, I was like, we're still doing this, aren't we? Like I'm <laughs> still here going through the motions. And up to 70%, I was into it. I was like vibing with everything that was going down. Oh, that is so interesting. Okay, so overall, I want to hear what people thought about the book. Dana, let's start with you. I loved it. I think it was the sort of book that makes you think a lot about your own life, which to me are books that are very compelling and it had themes of love and fate and art and the relationship that Addie had not just with Henry but with life and with art in general to me stood out as a very good book. Yeah. Bex? I really liked it. I sometimes had trouble with the length and the pattern of going back and forth to time periods. I was like, Okay, like, I think we could have cut out, like, 30% of the back and forth. Yeah, same. Um, But I did love the historical fiction component. I would have liked to see a little more detail in some of the historical moments because I think that was so fascinating, like, her meeting... Bach or something and yeah. like, like let's talk mm-hmm. about this yeah when and the a art spy, they lost over that yeah exactly and when she was in World War II I just thought we could have maybe 
dive explored. in. Explored. Given a little more detail to the readers who like might not know as much about these topic areas. Um, but overall, I thought it was it like totally captured me from the get go. I wasn't expecting the scientific, the sci fi element. Mm-hmm. So that was a fun surprise. And I thought it was great. Good choice, D. It's kind of funny that between this and nothing you can nothing to see here, I picked two magical realism books, which usually is not my genre. So that was just a coincidence, everybody. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you did because it's definitely something different for us. I liked the book. I can see that it, objectively it is a very good book. It is so well written. The story is very detailed and intricate. And I don't feel like there were really any plot holes with the way that Addie's curse was designed. You know, there wasn't anything like, why didn't she just do this? Like, right. yeah. I feel like she really exhausted every option to like make her life the best that she could, it could be. But it was a little too long for me, a little too slow in the beginning. And it's, we spent like so much time in the 1700s and like, yeah. oh my God, I that is it. just so long ago. And I do think the idea of someone who was around in the 1600s being in World War II or in World War One, like it's so interesting to really hear about, you know, the industrial revolution from her point of view and so many interesting like historical things happened that we did not get into at all we were in the 1900s for literally like 20 pages it felt like mm-hmm. and i would have rather had more emphasis on that time in history versus the 1700s like pre-french revolution it was just like very wagon to the market <laughs> Right, back into the market. I think that's why she needed to get the F out. Yeah. No, no, I can understand why she needed yeah. to get the F out. Snatchler, what did you think? I liked the book. I mean, I agree. It was so fucking long. Like, it was, <laughs> I literally, I started it two weeks ago, and I actually finished it last night. Like, it literally took me forever. Um, I couldn't deal, like, you know I hate when we're going from different time periods. Like, Oh, do it's you? It's my least favorite thing. And, like, every <laughs> chapter ending, like, on a cliffhanger, and then we're back in, like, Villan, France. Like, I can't fucking stand that. Um, but besides that, like, I, I obviously objectively think that it's a good book. But, like, I was so down to love it. And then when it just wasn't ending, it was making me hate it. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yes. yes. I feel that. When it wasn't ending, I was like, you had me at hello. And, like, you're... You're, you're, dra- ruining you're ruining it. You're ruining it. No, for I agree. Us. Also, did anybody here read the art descriptions? Yeah, I read all of them. Oh, you guys did. Yeah, I did. Oh, and, man, and I, I was like, didn't. I don't care. I'm going to try to care. Eventually, I started to see the pattern, but it started with like those birds, and it was a stretch. I oh, was so I confused by it at the thing. start. I was like, was that her dad's artwork? Is mm-hmm. that why I'm supposed to care? Yeah, like I think she left the bird somewhere that inspired someone else. Yeah, I think that was supposed to just be how her. She influenced art and how it survived throughout the years. Yes. yes. We get it. That's a motif. They were a little in your face about it with yeah. those chapter starters. But ultimately, I like the overall point, which is like art is a way to immortalize something. Yeah, definitely. I didn't read it. Okay, well, let's get into the DBQs because we have some great questions via bookclubchat.com. Thanks, guys. I just took all the questions from there because I thought they really summed up the book. Um, First question. Let's talk about Addie at the start of the novel. What are some of the key ways that she was ahead of her time? Not wanting to get out. Not wanting to be married off. For the sake of that being a woman's role. Yeah, no, she was a feminist. Like she was a feminist before the word feminism was even coined. Totally. Like she was really a modern woman. And I feel like she needed to live long enough to see a world in which she could have been the person that she wanted to be. And yeah. that's why I feel like if it all ended in 2015 and, you know, she finally acquiesced to Luke, it would have been okay because like she got she would have been able to see and get like what she had been waiting for that whole time i agree that she was way ahead of her time in terms of not wanting to be pigeonholed into the role of wife mother see the world get out there and for that i respect addie larue yeah 
No, she was very much ahead of her time. So she had to live throughout all of time. <laughs> Why do you think Addie made this deal with Luke? If you could have the potential to live forever, would you take it? In that sense, like not be remembered? No, we're going to talk more about the terms of the curse and like what you would have preferred later. But if you had the uh, potential to live forever, would you take it? Mm, nah, life's long. Only if I was like a vampire, like Bella and Edward, and I had a partner who was in it with me, and we were like super fast and super strong. Yeah, and like you don't like you don't age or get older. Yeah, but also the idea of living forever, honestly, like it sounds like torture. It's exhausting. Yeah. I would not take that. It's exhausting. And I her- thought it was so cool how she floated through periods of time, like seeing her art influenced in like World War One, and then how then she resurrected herself in like Prohibition. I think. Because you know me, I, all I want to do is go back and see the dinosaurs. Like, I do want to, like, <laughs> see weird periods of time. Yeah, but so, you wouldn't be able to go back, only forward. I know, but then if, so, I, like, if is- I start now, like, going back would be, like, yeah. in 2020. Yeah. And, like, that would feel so long ago, so ancient. Yeah. But to the question of why did she make the deal, that's interesting because it was actually, I think, just made out of desperation. Truly desperation. She didn't think about it. She no. just And also the things that she was saying, like, obviously Luke twisted her words to be as, like, terrible as possible for her but like the things that she was saying I feel like they were just really desperate and like she Mm -hmm. wasn't even if she had been like whatever you say is gonna that's the life you're gonna live like she couldn't really it took her a while before she like realized what she actually wanted versus what she asked for yes do you know what I mean because yes like every like the idea of freedom yes we all want to be free but there is also something nice in companionship and and being having someone dependent on you and have roots yeah so like obviously freedom is a great thing but those attachments are really important as well for like a a meaningful life. I don't know if we're about to get into, if we're going to get into this at a later part. So forgive me. Um, Did her family know that she existed ever? Ever? No. It didn't sound like it. She was wiped from their memory. So the condition of her making a deal was like no one in the town or her family, no one ever knew that she was a thing. Correct. Yes. She was just erased. But what I loved was at one point when she was at her weakest and lowest, the darkness showed her kind of like a alternative universe of this is what your life would have been like if you didn't make the deal and it's her like doing laundry with kids and a husband I miss that part I miss that too (laughs) I remember that yeah Yeah. and he was like is this what you would have wanted and she had to admit that no like she would have still preferred even with the curse and everything it came with to be free that's so crazy that even like throughout the book no matter how many hundreds of years she's living and how much pain she's suffering through and like heartbreak she still would have chosen the curse over that life and I mean I do kind of get it because it's like it's 2015 Addie LaRue is like popping off New York City the fourth (laughs) rail and like her friend Isabel who had like the alternative life is you know six feet under for 300 years now and it makes you feel like oh Addie I'd rather be Addie in that situation and she could have put the kibosh on life at any point you know she was really like yo I am done I'm out. Yeah. we are done here yeah She's, she could be out but she didn't want to be out just despite Luke not because she didn't want to be out both I think I think both no I agree but like it was a lot about like just this especially game. in the beginning when she was like barely skating by sleeping yeah. with men for money that I think her motivation to go on was despite him and then as time went on, she actually loved life. Yeah. Well, that leads us to our next question. The cruel twist of the curse is that going forward, no one will remember Addie except for Luke. What did you think about how Addie's initial experiences with this curse? How was she able to survive? The initial experiences were so sad. And I mean, obviously, eventually she learns how to steal better, cheat better, lie better. Um, 
but those first few scenes like when she literally dies of of hunger and starvation in france and is in a pile of dead bodies oh and my god is like that you know comes back to life that was just like so brutal the beginning just felt very witchery like she would just be testing the limits of the curse because she didn't she wasn't as well acquainted with it so it would be like okay if i take this i'm able to steal but i can't keep it forever and if i run away and count to 10 then they'll never remember me i feel like the beginning stages were a lot of just learning the curse yes totally trial and error yeah (laughs) okay this is a really interesting question snitch did you like Addie? Was she a good protagonist to follow? Oh, that is a good question. I think I liked her. I think I liked her too. I did. She seemed a little sad to me, like a little defeated. I mean, wouldn't you be? <laughs> 300 years alone? Definitely. Like, like, the only fun. person you... for companionship is the devil? Like, think about the nights where you just have the best time ever, and you meet someone, you connect, you are vibing, and you're like, wow, I cannot wait to continue this conversation tomorrow. And then it's like, You know what? I totally agree. She doesn't like build off that stuff, but sometimes like that is just the best part. And so she doesn't have to deal with like the next day. She doesn't, he remembers you. He just doesn't want to call you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) She lives a pitless existence. She gets to like have that like chase, like first impression, like best night of our lives feeling. And then she can course correct along the way. She's like, all right, if I just switch this, he's really going to dig it. And then if I switch this and this, then we're going to have an explosive night of chemistry. No, totally. I love the imagery of her like scoping out these mansions in New York City and figuring out when the tenant was not in house and like going there and taking a luxurious bath and like cuddling up with a book and putting on a robe and spilling wine. But it doesn't matter because then the wine disappears. (laughs) Like that to me was so cozy. I totally agree. Like, when she finally was able to make the curse work in her favor, I was yes. like, yes, queen, go off. But then when she was walking the Brooklyn Bridge for hours and hours and freezing and like didn't know where to, she was going to sleep that night and ended up on the roof, I was like, oh my God, get me out of here. <laughs> no, 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 I was like, that's exhausting. Yeah, definitely. Let's discuss Luke more in detail. Was he, was he a devil? I love him. Was he an angel, a god? Did you want to know more about him? I didn't want to know more about him, but he was sexy. He was sexy, for sure. <laughs> I liked him, Snitch? I did like him. I don't know. Like, I just feel like I kind of, like, shipped Addie and Luke. Like, no, that's same. That's no, my issue. In the end, I was like, I, I don't think her and Henry are OTP because she has had so many OTPs over the years. Mateo, the guy with the coins in her hand. Remy. Remy. Like, I feel like she's had so many One True Loves because she's lived so many lives. Mm-hmm. But... At the end of the day, like, it's her and Luke. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and also, Luke like, she nice. even said, like, she wasn't really sure if it was, like, love. Yeah. So I was waiting the entire book, I felt, to hear about the love story with her and Luke. Because very early when she hooked up with Henry, she was like, we didn't fit as perfectly as me and Luke did. But that's because he wasn't made for me. I'm like, oh, my God, her and Luke have hooked up. Like, when are we going to get to this part? And the more I was thinking about it, I was like, this makes sense. Like, they're both eternal. He's hot. He's everything that she ever wanted in a drawing of a man. Yeah. So, and he's nice to her. Like, yeah, there were the beginning stages where he taunted her a little bit. But ultimately, like, he treated her pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But I just feel like she couldn't ever trust him. Like, even in the end, when he um, wanted her to surrender, his, like, choice of words was, was unclear. And then she was like, oh, my God, this has all been... To like get me. And then he was like, yeah, it's all been part of the game. But then later he said he only said it was the game because she thought he was. Like they, could, yeah. they couldn't ever believe each other. And you can't have a relationship without trust. Like when you literally don't know if the, what the person is saying is true. Right. But when they were laying in bed in New Orleans and she was like 
So is this all a ploy? Like, is this just a new angle for you to get me to surrender my soul? And he sort of was like, yeah. I was like, oh, I can't trust you. Right, but then later he was like, I only I said that because you thought that of me. I know. I'm like, oh, come on. And she noted in that moment that there was a moment of hesitation on his face before yeah. he acquiesced. So, he like, did. I don't believe I in that. I think we're he supposed to question whether or not he really loves her. Mm-hmm. But I think also she, like, posts this book. She's going to be spending the rest of her life trying to figure that out, too. And, like... She, yes, it ends with like her, you know, gonna get finally get him. But I think she might like fall in love along the way. Sounds I hope like so. a sequel, Bruin. I agree. I agree. Another question: Do you would you consider Addie human? No, I yes. wouldn't. I wouldn't. I thought about it. I think she's <laughs> more similar. Like, would you consider Edward Cullen human? No, right. Same and thing. But he's a fucking vampire. But that's just because there's a word for it. Like she's a ghost, kinda. I don't think I wouldn't consider. She's I think like she's a spirit. She's more similar to Luke than she is to a human because I and even though she has like human emotions, so does Edward Cullen. She is telling a lie. It's all yeah. I just like kept relating it to Twilight. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Honey. Imagine this: you make a list of the gifts you're gonna buy for the holidays, and then someone randomly gives you the money to help buy one. Sound good? Well, that's what Honey is doing. They're helping pay for one million dollars worth of gifts. You're probably wondering: is this the same Honey that automatically searches for promo codes online? Yes, yes, it is. With Honey, you can also make a list of all the holiday gifts you want from certain stores, and Honey will email you when the price drops on anything on your list. Just add Honey to your computer, create a free account, and throw some holiday gifts on your drop list for a chance to win. Honey will randomly select winners and give them the money to help them buy something on their list. I have been working on my holiday gift list and I have a number of things, you know, I need to give for myself and also for the people I love. And I will be using Honey to make sure I'm getting the best prices on all of those things. There's no purchase necessary. You need a PayPal account to redeem the prize. Only valid in the U.S. Giveaway ends on 12-21-2020. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com book. That's joinhoney.com book. While she goes through the absolute worst, Addie never gives in and lets Luke have her soul. What do you think kept Addie going throughout all these years? I think it's what we were saying. Like, part of it was spite, and part of it was that she genuinely had a thirst for life that kept her going and going. And, like, in New York City, she would comment on places that she hadn't seen before and how you could always stumble upon something new. And that excitement, I think, is what kept her going. Yeah. And I think she recognized what her life could have looked like in, in France, in her tiny town, and I felt like that was a constant reminder of how much world there was left to explore. There was one really good line about never having been able to see the sea. And I, like that resonated with me throughout the book when she was seeing new sites. Because imagine, I mean, like imagine pre-Google like, Images and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like there, she talked about seeing animals. That Could you imagine seeing a tiger, an elephant? Like that's mind-blowing. Yeah. If you grow up in a small town that an elephant exists a few continents over. Yeah. yeah. So I felt like that was a propelling force for her to keep seeing undiscovered mm-hmm. material. Yeah, that was like when um, Luke comes to visit her and it's like right before the French Revolution and he transports them to Florence and you know, I think he did it to like get her out of her element. And she was like, he doesn't even know what he did for me. If it wasn't for that, I probably never would have left France. It would have never occurred to her to leave where it's like for us in hindsight. Yeah. You're able to live forever. Where are we going? What are we doing? What are we exploring? But like she like, think about the world from a girl who was born in the 1600s, like 
you don't leave where you're from, maybe the next town over, maybe the biggest city in the country, but not another country. Mm -hmm. Just wait till Addie's on Mars. 300 years is not even that long in the grand scheme of things. She has it a lot more to discover. It is and it isn't. Like at sometimes it felt like, oh, she's been around for all of history. But then at other points it was like, um, Luke was talking about Joan of Arc. And I was like, oh, Addie, you missed the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, Addie, go back further. Addie, you just got here. <laughs> she's new here. Yeah, right, Satchel? Right. <laughs> what are you I thinking? don't know what Joan of Arc like is. Um, I only know her from Frozen, you know, the picture on the she, wall. Oh, yeah, dressed up as a man and fought in the war. What war? An old one. Okay. One before Addie. <laughs> um, what are you thinking about? I'm about? just really focusing on not throwing up. Oh, are you hungover? Yeah. Can we get you something? Like? A, a vomit bag? <laughs> no, I'm okay. Okay. Snitch, you can do it. You no, can do I know. It. I'm well, trying. Yeah. Don't worry, Snitch. Were you surprised that when Henry revealed he made the deal with Luke too, or did you figure that out earlier? What did you guys think was going on? I Oh, sorry. I can't believe I haven't mentioned this. I had a prediction. I texted Dana because oh, yeah. she's the only person who had finished. What was your prediction? My predi- I was so wrong. I thought that <laughs> Henry was Luke. Like, oh. Luke was, like, pretending and, like, having her fall in love with him. And then she, he would be like, ha-ha, I'm Luke. I'm surprised that Addie <laughs> didn't consider that. You texted me that, too. And I, didn't, I don't get why you didn't offer that. I hadn't finished because either. Because you hadn't finished it. So I know. if it was true. And then I would have spoiled the book. But you didn't know for sure that that was the right, end. Right, but what if I really thought it was true? Yeah. I, I knew that wasn't true because of what I said before. Well, because you had finished the book. Well, that yeah, doesn't bother me. No, if it would bother me if it turned out to be true. Because then it was like I didn't get to experience it because it was in the back of my head. Right. I get that, I guess. I still wouldn't imagine. <laughs> I really didn't like... You can tell me anything, Snitch. Okay, great. Oh, I figured that he... Because at one point Luke said like there are thousands of other souls that he has to check in on throughout. Like, you know, he's not yeah. only looking at Addie. So I was like, oh, there's others like Addie out there. But I didn't consider that Henry had made like a, a similar deal. Me neither. I actually thought he was like someone from her past, like reincarnated and mm. he like recognized her soul. But yeah, I didn't not think it was someone who made a deal with the devil. I didn't think it was someone who made a deal with the devil either. Yeah. No. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't that for me. Totally. By the time we get to Addie in New York in 2014, she's adjusted to her life. She gets by through stealing and knows that all relationships are temporary until she meets Henry. Until she meets Henry. Sorry. Let's talk about the scene when he remembers her. Were you so shook? Yes. When he and also the words he used were literally "I remember you," yeah, which is just so poignant of what she'd been dying to hear for three hundred years. Like he could have just been like, "I know who you are," or "You stole the book last week," which he kind of did say. But in addition, "I remember you" was just so powerful. Yeah, totally. And like then when you hear what she's saying through the context of like someone who remembers who she was, it's like so abnormal the way that she was going about like these conversations where it's like I heard what you said to the woman in front of me like just so such a fallacy like really you're not even experiencing like human interactions when you're constantly making first impressions you're not living normally yeah it was pretty wild I just love how she like got herself in a pile of shit when she was like trying to return the (laughs) book the book generally wasn't funny and that was funny yeah yeah, it was just it was so, so rich. It, I was like, I love that she is getting her ass handed to her right now. <laughs> this is the perfect re-entry into reality. No, totally. 
While Addie wants a life of adventure, Henry desires love. But his is also a curse because everyone is under a spell and not actually seeing Henry for who he is. I didn't really understand Henry's because did he make two deals with the devil? His was a little opaque. He, he made the first one with the being loved or whatever. Yeah. And then when he was going to jump off the roof, those were two different instances, correct? So no, his, his first deal was that he wanted to be enough for everyone. So that anyone who saw him saw him as enough in their life, whether that was as a boyfriend or a son or a friend or a co-worker. Oh. And it was for one year. And then when he Are was, you sure it was for one year? Yes. 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 From the get-go? Yes, yes. he lied September to her. September 4th to September 4th. He lied when Addie asked and pretended it was for a lifetime because he didn't want to but admit it was a year. we read the scene. No, but his lifetime is one year. Yeah, yeah. But she thought, Addie thought that meant like, oh, he has years to go. I he think the knew. way that he remembered it the first time wasn't the whole story. Then we find out there's a roof. But at the first oh. time, we thought it was just on the doorstep, right? Yeah, the first time he was drunk on the doorstep, he proposed, she said no, the darkness appears, he makes this deal for one year to be enough to everybody. Then when he re-explains his deal to Addie, he leaves out the part where it's going to end in a few months, which will meet its one year mark. Then when he's on the roof about to like meet the expiration date, Addie explains to him that she made a new deal by herself with the devil, which now gives him another chance. No, no, no. no. But... (laughs) <laughs> Henry made, We're missing another we roof. We find out that Henry made his deal on the roof with Luke because he was maybe going to jump in and Luke came in and like made this deal so that he oh, was. Oh, I was picturing them two, on the steps. No, it was no. Yeah, harder. In the, begin- the, we, the first time we see it, it's on the steps, but I feel like he misremembered it the first That's time. That's the question at hand. Got it. Was, I understand. Was the stoop and roof Henry Luke going to jump were those two separate deals slash moments? I know. So. Or I think did the stoop so. never happen and it all took place on the roof when he's about to jump? And when he recalled it to Addie, he oh, replaced it down. roof for stoop. Stoop yeah. never happened. Stoop never happened. Stoop, I don't think happened. But I'm not positive. No, like, I that's agree what I'm here to talk about. This is confusing. Yeah. I honestly, I just like didn't care to reconcile it. No, you're right. He definitely watered it down. So, no. which curse do you think is better? Or Henry's one hundred percent is better. Yes. Yeah, because he like literally is living the life of Riley. Yeah. But with you know a major but. I yeah. don't know. I'm kind of down for Addie's. You are down for you, Addie's. Because yeah, you like you love life and living and just like. <laughs> and we like attention. To, and, and like history. And you just want to make it as long as possible. Yeah. And we want to be loved. <laughs> I also want to be loved. That sounds delish. But I just think that there's and so much like to And you like meeting see. new people. I know. So if you're just like a, a lifetime of meeting new people. And just like I can. I can meet someone a bunch of times until I like perfect the art of them like loving me to the fullest. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what I try to do every time then, I meet someone anyway. But then you ha- but then like say you get it, then you have to start over again and like that must be really frustrating. I know, but I'm going to do it in Bali next time, so it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Do you think Henry and Addie were truly in love or were they bonded by their circumstance? I think a little bit of both. Yeah. Because like I think that Henry is like kind of in love with Robbie. And, like, Addie, I don't think she was, like, in love with Henry. I just think that, like... She was in love with being remembered. She also yeah. had so many loves that, yeah. like, at a certain point, there's, is there one true love for you when you have 300 years under your belt of love? Probably yeah, not. I feel like they were truly in love, though, because they were exactly what the other pers- the person was looking for. And I mm-hmm. feel like they would have made an amazing, like, marriage because they were such good partners. As far as, like, swept off of our feet, like, can't eat, can't sleep, over the moon <laughs> sort of thing, like... No, but, like, that's what a lasting relationship is. And I feel like if they each had forever, they could have done that together. I guess, is it, like, was that just the workings of the curse? 
she was enough, he was enough for her because he was everything he wanted and she was good for him because she saw who he really was. Or yeah, but they... yeah, but due to those factors, mm-hmm. like they're the best people suited for each other. Yeah. You know? I loved when Luke was like, wait, you thought you randomly met him? You idiot. I obviously set this up. No, I know. And I was like, dang, yeah. But yeah. why didn't he set it up? So that she could get what she thought that she wanted. But then she actually wanted it. Only to realize that, one, I think to show her that like loss and heartbreak is like so yeah. painful. You don't want these things. And two, you'll never love him like you love me. Like it'll never be mm-hmm. like us. Didn't you guys think that the whole time though? Like obviously the darkness knows about this. He knows everything. He's not going to show up. I don't know why they think. At sundown if we separate. At sundown if we separate he won't know that we have spent the whole day together. Yeah when she's shoving him out of the bar as if he hasn't already seen him. Like (laughs) where have you been? Like you know that this is the most like omnipowerful human being or not a human being. God. But you don't think that he knows that you have a fucking human lover? For like six months now. That was stupid. That was really stupid. That was so whack. Okay, Henry has only a year to live, but Addie makes a deal with Luke to keep Henry alive. Let's discuss this turn of events. When everything was unfolding, did you see it coming? Do you think, like, Addie made the right decision? Looking back, they made it a little obvious, like, Addie left the room for an hour in the middle of the night, and (laughs) Henry didn't think anything of it. So, like, something was brewing, but no, I didn't think that's what she was doing. I thought she was making a pact of some kind, but I didn't go there. I thought she was going to do, like, when he was... When they were at the bar and Luke was like, choose one of these souls, like, I'll take one for Henry's. I thought she was going to be like, take mine. Yeah. And, and that I, was going to be how she surrendered. I thought on the roof at the end when she was telling him how it ends, I thought it was going to be an end. I'm giving my soul because I've lived and you deserve to live. Not like until Luke is done with me. And she kept accusing the darkness throughout the entire book that he didn't love her because love is putting someone else's happiness above your own and making sure they're happy and he wouldn't free her from this. And I guess what she did for Henry was the ultimate form of love. Like she put his own well-being above her own and made sure he had life to live even if it didn't include her 100 percent. what did you think about the ending what will happen between Addie and Luke will she ever break free I don't know why she's so intent on ruining his life like just live your life with the devil he's hot I agree you're into it I, I, feel, like, I feel like I feel like she's gonna fall in love yeah yeah fall back in love and I feel like she should just She's always going to be, like, stuck with him forever. And so she should just make it work, you know? Like, and she'll, now she'll get so many rewards. Like, are you kidding? You no, know, like, like, all those restaurants, limousines, yeah. That concerts. leather jacket off the mannequin right on her shoulders. Oh, like, she, hell yeah. Give me those like, Gucci suits. Living the life of luxury. Yeah, and now, like, if she's, you know, in his good graces, she could, like, change some terms. Maybe we could get a house yeah. and keep it. Maybe a closet full of things. But when she puts her ear on his chest, she doesn't feel the heartbeat. She feels the woods. Okay, but, like, she has some weird stuff about her, too. Like, <laughs> Everyone has their things. Oh. Also, by the way, did anyone else think that when he like transported her to Central Park before we knew Central Park, like I thought it was seventeen fourteen yeah. alone, oh, and it started it started all over and like whoa, oh, back no. whoa, that's real. Meta. Should I become an author? I thought it was they were just he took her to Villone, but not that it was starting over. Whoa, yeah. Yeah, I think she really needed to just succumb, have a love story. She talked about, like, leaning back on him and how they fit so well together. It was, like, steamy. Love that for you. So steamy. Yeah. And he loved her. I believe that. I think he did, too. Like, why why would he keep her around? And, like, how could he not? Everybody loves her. Like, yeah. And she's been his longest soul. Timeless beauty. Okay, well, those are the DBQs. Now we have some redhead questions. We got some really good ones that definitely, like, made me think more about the book already. Hmm. 
First question, like this one. At what point during, during the story did you realize that the book itself is Henry's book about Addie? Did that make you like the book more or did it turn you off? It made me, the way that that part ended, like that the book was the book and Addie will be remembered, loved that. Oh, loved that's that. so interesting you say that. Did not like that. Oh. So kitschy. I'm sorry. Of course, Henry has a book to write. This I love when like, I always feel like I want that to happen in the book I'm reading. Like I just read another book this month that I'll tell you guys about, but it's about a girl who's like trying to write a book and it's like, it should be this one that I'm reading. Yes. <laughs> also, it's thank you to the redhead who submitted this question because I found out the exact moment that you submitted this question. <laughs> right, like, I wasn't sure if this was Henry's text word for word or what Henry's text would have been. Um, but now I like that. I guess I realized once she reconfigured the curse and he woke up and started writing the end of the story in his notebooks. Yeah. And I liked how Luke had a sense of humor when they saw it in all the bookstores. And he was like, you trickster. Like, you found a way to be immortal after all. Like, <laughs> oh, well, you're mine now. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> that was a funny scene. But yeah, he... I, I liked it. I like that meta kind of stuff. Me too. Me too. I like that. Cool. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit, but I just want to get your final answers. Because literally every question we got from the Redheads was this question. So I need to know where everyone stands on okay, it. Okay, go. If given the choice, would you rather Henry's court curse or Addie's curse? Okay, but Henry's curse for just the year or? Henry's curse. One year, so loved. Everybody loves you. You're enough. Everywhere you go, everything you want, like the best year ever. You bitches can't select it because I need you for longer than a year. You know, you know where what, you know where my heart's the at. The year thing is really a year. That's a year, deal that's breaker. Really where a year is me. nothing. Look at this year. What if you had Henry's curse for this year? Everybody, <laughs> everybody loves you, but you can't see anyone. Everyone loves you behind a mask with and he- a lot of glass. With Henry's too, you really have to suspend disbelief because he was getting so tripped up on like, but they don't actually love me. It's like that yeah, was no, shit, this me is the curse. So much like that he wasn't like doing these things because it like wasn't real I'm like I I just am like you fucking asked for this like no enjoy have sex with that girl like I feel take like the blowjob no but I feel like sometimes he did enjoy it like when he was first home with his family and every and he was enough for everyone yeah he was like so genuinely happy but I do think eventually when everybody is loving you and giving you exactly what you want and you know that it's not real like it's so empty so I actually think at the end of the day, his is equally as empty as Addie's because nobody is seeing him for who he is. Those two really lacked some foresight when making their deals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm actually going to say Addie's. And I don't know if I would have withstood 300 years like she did, but I'd give it a go. Yeah, I would do Addie's until I was like, I'm done. Well, and done. But then like... You wouldn't remember me. I wouldn't remember you. I know. That's you know? I would not do that. We wouldn't have a podcast. We, it wouldn't pick up the audio. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun to be invisible by yourself. No, I just need like one friend. Just right? one. Just one. Just one. Henry. Okay, that's my answer. Addie's plus one. Well, Luke is your plus one. That's why. Howdy. Actually, now I'm seeing like what Luke was trying to cultivate for them. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm Addie big time. Um, okay. Remy and Addie have a conversation about leaving a mark on the world. This is a tough question. What mark <laughs> do you think you have left on the world oh, God. or hope to leave on the world? And a similar question from the same reader. Luke and Addie talk about how everyone wants to be remembered for something. What do you want to be remembered for? Oh, so the God. first question is, what do you think you'll be remembered for versus what do you want? I feel like, you know what? This is such a hard question, but Claudia and I were just talking about something super similar. I, I just want to say, like, I think we're like too young to like, even have cracked the surface hopefully god willing of like the things that we're going to be remembered for one day i just think this question 
requires a little bit more thought because I think it's actually a fantastic question. And I do think that we could all be better about self-reflection. We've all accomplished a lot and it's a good time to like stop and think and be like, okay, I've accomplished X, Y, and Z. Like what do I want to achieve in the, the next five years? I do. It's a good brain exercise. Yeah. Do you know what else I find interesting about the book that I was thinking about? Cause I feel like something that a lot of people are remembered by is the, their children, you know, mm-hmm. like the legacy that, and like, for generations to come and I feel like obviously Addie can't have children and we know that when she was 23 like she didn't want to have Roger's children and she didn't want children like then and there but like throughout the rest of the years it's not something that ever really that she laments is that but I do feel like that's how so many people leave their mark on this world in a real real way aside from like I made people smile you know yeah, that's a good point. She did not harp upon the children aspect at all. Like, she lamented a lot of things, and that was not one of them. Yeah. I always wondered if she got her period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, did she pee and poop? Oh, my For God. sure. No, she did, because, like, she ate food, and so... But, yeah, no, is it the same thing? I don't know. No, but she might not have peed and pooped, because... She ate food, but it didn't, like, affect her. Like, she yeah. didn't gain weight and stuff, so it probably, like, just disappeared. Not the questions the author intended. <laughs> also, That's I like always... such a fucking good point, though. <laughs> I also... She wasn't able to gain weight or lose weight, so I was like, were you down for the weight that you were at when you were 23? <laughs> right, it's so true. <laughs> like, was that, like, a rough week for you? Like, you ate so many baguettes that you are like, oh, I'm, like, a little doughier than I would ideally like to be, and, like, no, that's your body totally. for the rest of the time. Or, like, her hair length is the same yep. length yes. forever. Like, are you good with that length? Yeah. I need to get a haircut before I make a deal. Totally. <laughs> I'm getting a haircut on Friday in preparation for my deal. Okay. <laughs> like a wax. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just, like, strip the carbs for that week. Oh my god! Deal made, feeling trim. Luke did say to her, "He's like, yo, bitch, you didn't ask for youth. I gave that to you. Yeah, true. You're welcome. So true. (laughs) So true." This reader, next question. She's curious on our thoughts with the ending. The author reveals that Addie is still alive and talks about how she will prove the darkness is incapable of love and plans to ruin him to be free one day. Do you think this could make an interesting sequel or do you think it should stay where it's at with a little mystery? I just like, I actually can't even fathom like reading another page about Addie. <laughs> <laughs> I totally No, I agree. I would not want a sequel. No, please. Please, no sequel. Yeah. I know this book was so successful and like, you know, sometimes you feel tempted to like write a sequel, but like this book is really perfect as is. <laughs> Not another. Not another. I, I wouldn't read it. Totally agree. Well, well said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Last uh, redhead question. Why do you think the book focused so much on Henry's background when the story was supposed to be about her life? I thought it was odd to focus so much on her romantic interests instead of describing all the adventures she had been on in the past 300 years. I actually agree with that. Yeah, so true. I mean, like, I liked hearing about somebody else because, like, like I said, I don't know how many pages I could read about Addie LaRue. But um, <laughs> I do agree that, like, she definitely had a lot more, like, cooler stories. Like, I don't know why we had to keep going back to 1714. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I thought that was, like, weird. Especially because he wasn't in OTP. So, like, But I do think it was necessary and interesting to get the context behind why someone like a in 2014 like someone would, would, again would make a deal with the devil and what for like to get to understand who he was and how he got to a place where he even made a deal and maybe the focus and let alone like a really fucking shitty deal yeah maybe the focus was more so on her past lovers and relationships as opposed to events because ultimately if you distill down life it is about companionship 
and people. So they wanted to emphasize kind of that takeaway of, yeah, you can do all of these activities and have all these experiences, but at the end of the day, it's who you surround yourself with. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that leads us into our next segment, which is the moral of the story. Oh. Um, I just feel like the moral of the story is be careful what you wish for. Yeah. That's what I had. Like, <laughs> obviously, that's like a funny one, but I do think like on a deeper level, like it really is about like, you know, leaving your mark. Okay. And I have it. What? Live well. <laughs> Remember, that was on the back of his watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's a good one. That is a good one. I had careful what you wish for. I had you want what you can't have. And mm. carpe diem. Yeah. I had love doesn't conquer all. Ooh. And never make a deal with the devil. Yeah. Yes. Never I think pray to those are, gods after dark. These are all good. But I think it's also like for the reader, it's like, appreciate those small things of being remembered of, yeah. you know, a barista remembering your face and your coffee order. Um, mm-hmm. people, people getting a text the next day, relationships, all Having of those a things. Phone. Having a phone, having a name that yeah. you can say that others can say to you, like the, those small things that we all take for granted, not like, you know, this is a real situation you could find yourself in. So it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I have the small, like the small, the bigger meanings behind the small things. Yes. The the quote that I referenced earlier is could have lived and died and never seen the sea. So that was like things that we take for granted in this life Mm -hmm. that are transformative. I think that's a good one. Don't take anything for granted. I think that's a good one too. And I also feel like as women, just like reading this book and reading about Addie, who I feel like she's like so steamy and like would definitely hang out with us gno gni (laughs) um and like to place like one of us in 1714 and to like you know we wouldn't be able to do the things that we're doing or lead the lives that we're leading and so to appreciate like the time that we live in and all of the sacrifices that other people have made so that we could be doing what we do that's so true well said jack very well said okay now it is time for the hollywood treatment i do feel like this i say this no i think i crushed a broken record but i do feel like this could be made into a movie it would be a stunning movie oh stunning and i want to know who you guys would cast as addy and i want to go first because i want this all to be in your minds because it's my favorite one i've ever done i think okay my addy would be anna taylor joy who played beth Harmon in queen's gambit wow hell yeah that's a great one she's so timeless looking yes you just gave her her seven freckle stars. Yep. Her hair could be like any of the lengths that Beth had her hair. And I feel like she's our Addie. That's a really good one. Thank you. It's good. I had Lily Collins. Oh, so good. So good. Sure. I had Jennifer Lawrence, which I, I actually think, considered her, which I think is the answer. The, the clear selection. No, I don't oh, think really? Clear. She's timeless. Like she is like a, a face that you could see in 1700s and 2020. That's true. That's so interesting. That's not how I think of her. Wow. That's exactly how I think of her. Like I saw it the whole time. Oh, wow. That's why like, I totally understand Beth Harmon and I live for that woman. But it just, for me, it, it didn't add up. Okay. Dana? I did Shailene Woodley. Okay. She's like, definitely not timeless, but sure. No, but she's like sad and like wants to make <laughs> the best of everything. That's fair. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's Who did fair. you guys have for Luke? I had Timothy Chalamet. I have the answer. Oh, okay. Nicholas Holt. Oh, okay. He legitimately looks like Lucifer. Yeah, I mean, they, they look similar. So, yeah, either one could get the part, sure. I had Johnny Depp. A little older. Old. Yeah, I went older. I mean, he's he's. Ancient. Yeah, but I like that, like, like vibe of, like, someone who's, you know, spooky scary. Yes. Yeah. And, like, chiseled. Mm-hmm. I actually have the answer, and it's Taylor Lautner. 
absolutely not. <laughs> not literally he has not that supernatural at all. Vibe. He has the nicest looking face. Like, no, no, no. Stop nodding. Like, like kindest looking exactly. face. Exactly. Like a, a doughy little puppy. <laughs> that's what Henry, prob- not Henry, that's what Luke probably looked like. We know yeah. exactly what Luke looked like, and that's the opposite of what he looked like. Dark yeah. hair. Mm, that's, dark, that's curly where it hair. And ends. Yeah. Chiseled. Like green eyes. Green eyes. Like sharp features. I feel like Robert Pattinson would be good. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And Henry, I like just kind of gave up because I was obsessed with my Beth Harmon call. So I felt like I didn't have to try. Cole Sprouse. Whatever. <laughs> like fine. Young Honestly, I had a really hard time casting Henry. I like couldn't figure it out. I had Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Penn Badgley, obviously. Guys. Because he's in a bookstore? Your ages are all over the place. Just saying. <laughs> I How old was Henry? 28. Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. I, I was going to do him. I yes. think Timothy Chalamet should be in this movie in one way, shape, or form. Yes. I think as either Henry yeah, or Penn Badgley should or be Or like even Remy, you know, like Remy. someone. Yeah. Mateo. I think, I think Remy and, and Addie are OTP. Jackie, who did you have for Luke? For Luke, I had Timothy Chalamet. But you just like didn't listen to me. No, he's like, like <laughs> too young to be Luke. Okay, that is a good, fair criticism. Well, we were really all over the board here. Wait, yeah. but that's a really good question that I actually meant to ask. Who do you think was Addie's OTP of all the loves that she had had throughout her life? And, and I want to take Luke out of the equation, like of the humans. I really think it was Remy. Like, I felt a certain way reading that chapter yeah. that I didn't feel anywhere else in the, in the book. Maybe Toby. Yeah, I was going to say Toby. Which one was Toby again? The singer. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, or like Sam, the artist. I feel like there were a lot of people. Or that guy that she was with in L.A. when like Luke came. It was That wasn't an OTP. That was like one second. Yeah, that was just like a fun night with a a cute guy. But it was at that moment where I was like, wow, she's lived so many lifetimes that like she has so many uh, almost like soulmates, you know, like your one true pair because of all the different lives that she's had. So it's like there's not one over the other. That chick was really into her. Sam. Yeah. 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 And she thought about her a lot too. Like that like Mm -hmm. really broke her heart. So, I just love that the people kept using the same lines on her. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, like you're so. Your face is timeless. Yeah, that is so funny. Okay, so now it is time for the overall Redheads rating of The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Dana, what did you rate this book? A 4.5. Wow, that's pretty high on the Dana scale. Mm -hmm. Bex? A 4. I rated it a four also. I rated it a four also. Wow. wow. This, is, this is boding well for Snitchy LaRue. <laughs> Hold on, wait. I fucked up my math. Yeah, you did. I Sorry. saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Okay, the overall Redhead's rating of The Invisible Life of Snitchy LaRue is a 4.125. I think that that's fair. I think that's fair. Because it that. was a really good book. I think book. that's pretty accurate. It was a really good book. Okay, that is our official recap. Now we have to get into the second half of this episode, which is going to be popping off. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. This year has been extremely difficult for so many people, and there's never been a better time to seek out help and find someone to talk to and BetterHelp is the best place to do it. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. 
visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com book. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. That's amazing. There's a special offer for the Redheads to get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com book. First, I want to know what everyone else read this month because I read two books that were both so good that I'm so excited to discuss. First, I read Love Your Life by Sophie Kinsella. She is one of my absolute favorite authors. She writes the best romantic comedy books like that I literally am laughing out loud. I rated this book a four because it was just like so funny and cute and unpredictable. Then I read The Nightingale. <gasps> so good. Finally. What? Yep. And I wanted to share all my thoughts like on the show because I didn't want to say it, get them out of my system and then forget my thoughts, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, tell us. So I loved it. Like it was so good. There's nothing not to love. So well written. So smart. I loved the way that, and this, it reminded me so much of Codename Helene. And mm-hmm. it turns out that Isabel is kind of a composite character of a lot of women in World War II who were spies. Mm-hmm. And Nancy Wake is one of the women that she's based off of. So like it really just came full circle for me. Like I just felt like, oh my God, Nancy, Nancy, go Nancy. off. Um, so I just felt really proud that we like knew of Nancy and I was reading about Isabel and knowing that it's going to be made into the, a movie starring the Fanning sisters. So, so on point. Oh, I didn't know that. That's me neither. And I loved how it was about like the evolution of how World War II like went down in France for not a Jewish family, yes. but it was really about like the day-to-day life changes and how like you you don't just like wake up one day and your country is occupied and everything changes. It's like these all these small things that start to change and restrictions that come about and like you could start and all these like logistical things about like where they were putting people or moving people or Nazis coming to live in like the houses with French people like just so interesting and obviously beautifully written and I love the way it started and the way that it ended and it was a five and it was so good yeah nice so happy to hear it but like just the association to Nancy I just I can't underscore how like cool I felt because I was like this is so nonce because she was like the white mouse we have the nightingale like they definitely crossed paths they were both hiking up that mountain yeah and I think that's literally what Nancy did yeah the mountain I think like literally that was based on Nancy if you guys haven't read Codename Helene, you really should. And then you should read The Nightingale. Yeah. For sure. Did anyone else read this month? It no. Was, I, I don't blame you. It was, hard. it was a hard month for reading. Um, <laughs> I read Americana by Chimamanda Adichie, and it was unbelievable. It was really popular last year, but I just read it. I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. I would highly recommend to everybody. Um, then I read A Children's Bible by Lydia Millet. I gave that a 4.3 out of 5. It came up in like a New York Times article as a good book to read, so I just on a whim bought it, and I was not disappointed. I read Before the Fall by Noah Hawley, and I gave it a 3.3. It was okay, but if you guys like action-packed like thrillers, it was a good book. Wow, you um, read a lot. I did, because we recorded later, so like I had more time. True. And I read Luckiest Girl Alive by Jess Knoll. I gave that a 4 out of 5. Rit read it too. It's all about Philly and the main line. So like if you're from there, it's very topical. But I absolutely loved it. I really think you would like it, Jackie. You would like it, Jax. It's really good. And then I read Nobody Asked for This by Cassie David, which is like her memoir. And I loved it. Like I couldn't believe how much I liked it. Josh would walk in and be like, why are you hysterically laughing? I was just 
in tears. She is such a funny writer. I feel even awkward admitting I read it because we have so many random connections with her from like college. Like she's someone like like you guys have met before. (laughs) She's a real person, but she's tangential to like Pete Davidson, who I'm obsessed with. Like Ariana Grande, I love her music. Like Amy Schumer and her tight. So I just feel like she's a focal point to a lot of people that are important to me. And I rated it a 4.5 out of 5. It was so funny and real. Wow. I really want to read it. Dana, I That's went to... That's a great endorsement. Like I went to her apartment after... I guess maybe you were like 95% of the way through and Dana did not stop talking about it for like six I couldn't, I couldn't stop talking about this book for like the whole week I was reading it. It That's, definitely made an impact. And I re- Christy Patterson actually sent it to me, which was so nice because Christy she and I... Christy Patterson. Yes. Oh my God, I was about to explain to <laughs> oh Snitch. God. I was like, Christy Patterson, we went to college with her, but Snitch actually used to use her ID. Yes. I used her ID for a long time. <laughs> well, she was a gem and sent me it because her and I like secretly love Cassie David. And it's I read... It's not a, a secret anymore. It's not a secret anymore. And I read the paperback, which I haven't done in so long. I'm always on Kindle. And I honestly didn't like it. I prefer Kindle. I was like... By the way, you know what? I was thinking about I don't think I would have been able to finish Addie LaRue if I had it in my hands I agree if I were with to that. see how would many pages I, mind I had how like how was. big it was I don't think I would have been able to do it I agree oh I haven't seen it in person is it a thick no, I don't know I'm assuming but it's, it's 500 pages it's, it's 500 497 I looked it up last night oh my god Goodreads said 440 for me 442 thick with a bunch of C's Thick, thick, dumb, thick, <laughs> stupid. So thick. that was it. But it was a good book reading month. Like I, any of those suggestions, I'd I love would that recommend. for you. Thank you. I'm so happy for you, Bex. Oh, your girl did not read outside of <laughs> I mean, Addie Larue. Outside of reading her own article in the New York Times. True. Oh, it yes. was a busy month. You it know, was so busy working from home <laughs> and being stylish. Stop. Not many can do both. <laughs> it's really true. Okay, now it is time for our top three redheads book of the year. I've asked all of the redheads to put together their top three list, and we're going to start from the bottom. I want to know what everyone thinks is the third best book that we read this year. Snitch. Codename Helene. Great choice. I had My Dark Vanessa. Bex. I had My Dark Vanessa. Dana. Nothing to see here. Okay. Second best book. Snitch. My Dark Vanessa. I had nothing to see here. I had Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Oh. I had Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Whoa. Okay, number one best book. Snitch. No one's going to agree with me, but before we were strangers. I love that I book. I fucking love that I book. I loved it at the time, but I haven't thought about it since, it's which really means good. that it just didn't resonate with me. My number one book, because I literally think about it all the time, Codename Helene. Nice. That's true. You do think about yeah. it. I re- and I love the fact that it was a good story and that it was a true story. And I feel like with The Nightingale, like sometimes I read these books, that, stories that are so good. And then when you find out it's not true, it's like, okay, fine, whatever. But if you find out it's true, it makes it so much better. Like I felt that way reading Educated by Tara Westover, mm-hmm. like real, like in the middle of the book, I was like, this is someone's real story. I didn't yeah. know what I was reading in the beginning. And then you spend hours Googling after you finish. It, and you learn so much. So it just like took me on a journey and... I feel like at the time I, when I was reading it, I was like, I knew this was a good book, but I made my list based on how it sat with me for months yes. later. And I feel like these three books I just am always thinking about. Bex, number one. I know why the cage bird sings. I mean, that's yeah. an amazing book. Yeah. yeah. It, it was everything to me. I know some people might not agree, but it no, kind of changed my life. Oh, uh, yeah. My number one was my dark Vanessa. Great. Okay, Love so that. like how now do we figure out what the like official redhead... Maybe we can all just like agree on a ranking. I oh, feel like, like... Why do we have to put one out? I don't know, because I feel like we should all decide what the best redheads book of the year was. What was the greatest commonality just now? My Dark Vanessa, I think. I think so. Raise your okay. hand if you said My Dark Vanessa it's, at all. If it's in there, yeah. Raise your hand if you said Nothing to See Here at all. Only two. Raise your hand if you said um, Codename Helene. 
two. Addie LaRue was two. Yeah, Before We Were Strangers. My Dark Vanessa is the number one redheads book of the year. Wow. Congrats, Dana. Thank of course, you. D. I yeah. really loved that book. Now, it might have been favorite of all time. Now let's rate who chooses the best books. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but Dana, yeah. It, it was you. a good year for Dana. You guys, I also really liked My Husband's Secret. You know oh, what? Yeah. I, when we, at oh, one I, point, fu- I fully forgot about that book. No, but it's so funny because first. when we... I was going to make everyone do their top five picks and I was struggling with four and five and I actually was going to put Husband's Secret as like fifth. Instead My, of like you never forget your first, it's like you never remember your first. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good book. It was just like a perfect book club book. Yes. I think it was a really good place to start. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, now I want to hear your top three books that were not redhead books this year. I want you to give me your three, two, and one all at the same time. Snitch, let's start with you. Okay, number three mm-hmm. was Swear on This Life by Renee Carlino. Okay. Number two was Evelyn Hugo. Wow. And then number one was Before We Were Strangers. Sorry, guys. Like, that book, I fucking loved it. Good. That means that, like, you got something, like, so great out of the redheads this yeah. year. Yeah. Okay, for me, my third best book of the year was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I just absolutely loved it. My second favorite book of the year was Open Book by Jessica Simpson. Like, <laughs> you stunning, did love that book. A stunning memoir work of, like, literally so good. And my number one book that I read this year, though it didn't come out this year, was I Am Pilgrim by <gasps> Carrie Hayes. I think that that book, especially with COVID, like, and being in a pandemic, like, and reading that book literally the same week that I heard the word coronavirus for the first time, it just, like, got me in, like, on a whole nother level. I fully agree. And, like, the fact that you see it, I just, like, feel it all over. And I only read that book because Rebecca said it was her favorite book. And I had just gotten into reading. So I was like, I want to read what you think is the best book. And it was the best fucking book. Jackie, I can't believe you didn't include the unfortunate importance of beauty. You know what? I literally (laughs) loved that book so much. But I just feel like... Now that you read so many more. Yeah, and I just feel like people, like, would almost... I don't know. I just... I didn't feel like it was reflective of my year. Yes, I get I that. feel like these three books like really summed up my year. Yes. Bex. Number three for me is The Dutch House by Anne Patchett. Patchett. Yes. Yeah, we read that for our other book club. Mm-hmm. And it was so great. I thought about it for a while. I sort of wish that it was a redhead selection because I think the world should know about it. Yeah. It's really good. Number two was Educated, Tara Westover. I almost had that on my list too. I mean... It was mind blowing, and I think I'm I'm realizing that I really enjoy this that type of book, which is like a true story unfolding in the craziest of ways. And for that reason, my number one, which I don't know if I talk about with you guys a lot, but it has an imprint on my life that is kind of indescribable. It's the girl with seven names, and it's about a woman in North Korea who defected and like moved to South Korea, and it's just like her story, and it's a true story. She has a TED talk that is like world renowned and she's in the most amazing woman I've ever met. And I learned so much about North Korea and what happens in that country. And like a lot of misconceptions about the people who live there. We think of them as so depraved and, and like held hostage essentially in their own country. And that's actually perhaps not the case. So it was so eye opening. I learned so much about that culture and then about like what happens when you are not allowed back in your country and like where your family is and how you communicate with people who don't have a means to communicate. I mean, it deeply impacted me. Wow. That sounds amazing. It's amazing. And it's so different than anything I had read outside of that kind of book this year. And so different than like Redhead's Journey books. So I highly recommend. It is mind-blowing. and it's a, But it's a lot. It's heavy. Wow. Interesting. Okay. I want to emphasize that 
none of us picked Crawdads because it wasn't 2020, but we all agree that's the best book. 100%. Oh, it wasn't 2020. It, I thought it was 2020. No, I think I, I read I, it, it last year. It almost made it on my list, but I just feel like Crawdads is like well represented. Everyone knows yeah, it's like the best book it of the year. It's literally on the New York Times li- bestsellers list for like 100 weeks now. Yeah. And I, I loved it, but like it didn't change my life the way some of these other books oh, did. Oh, it changed my life, but I did not include it because I was doing 2020 only, which the third favorite was Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. Second, Ask Again Yes by Mary Beth Keene. So good. Fucking love that book. So good. And the best book of 2020 was The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby DeRay. Wow. So good. I also love that that's like 12 books all, all different from yes. one another. If you know 12 book suggestions. There you guys go. There you guys go. Well, it's so interesting always. What a great year for reading. What a great year to be a redhead. Because I mean, it really is always a good time to be a redhead, but especially (laughs) during a pandemic and a quarantine. Um, Thank you guys all for going on this journey with us. It's been so much fun. And now we're looking ahead to 2021. We have some really exciting things for 2021. Next book is going to be a snitch's choice. Plus, we have a bonus episode in January because Claudia Ashray's book comes out. And so we will be doing a Redheads episode with the author. We will all have a chance to read the book, ask her questions, and really get into the heart of the novel. So next month is going to be a great time to be a redhead because we have Claudia's book plus Snitch's Choice. Snitch, what are we reading? So as you all know, my bitch is Colleen Hoover. I love her so much. And so she actually is dropping a book December 8th. So in two days, I think. Well, it will be like three days ago by the time this episode comes out. Oh, so the book will be out. Oh, that works out perfectly. It comes out, I think, I believe the day that this drops. And um, it's called Layla by Colleen Hoover. And if you read Verity, it's like um, that sort of vibe. So it's not just like meet cute Colleen Hoover vibes. It's like not like hopeless. Oh, that book is so good. (laughs) Um, But it's like thriller-esque just based off of the description, but you know, I just feel like we had to really take take the moment because it's rare when a Colleen Hoover drops along with the redhead. So. I totally agree. And you know what? Colleen Hoover is your favorite author. We haven't done a Colleen Hoover yet, mm-hmm. and I think it's time for Snitch Hoover to make her debut. I've never read her, and I'm excited. Snitch. Okay, I'm excited. Oh, I'm scared for Dana. <laughs> you should read Verity. Everyone loves it. I it know. was really you, good. You should read Verity. Did you read it, Britt? I read it, yes. But with too much hype surrounding. So much yeah. hype surrounding it. I was expecting my mind to be blown. And when it wasn't, I was like, oh, I wish it wasn't overhyped. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for participating in TRBC all this year and today. And we will see you next year. Bye. See you next year. So make sure to follow us on Instagram and join uh, the Facebook page, one, because it's a cool thing to do. But also to let us know what, what your favorite Redheads book was this year, what your favorite book was this year. We love taking the conversations offline you guys have like always the funniest comments and actually Dana you found Invisible Life of Addie LaRue from an Instagram yes, comment on the Redhead so that is true anything can happen when you start commenting on our Instagram it was Redhead influenced Redhead influenced we love to see it okay everyone have a great rest of the year happy holidays happy new year we will see you in January bye love you guys bye bye, bye.